Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing how you can read and better understand the Bible. Tune in daily to start your day right and be encouraged as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey. Now here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is a special edition of On the Way podcast designed to help us all to make sense out of what's going on in America today. And it is a call to action, a call to pray, a call to confession, a call to godly living. And so please bear with me over the next few minutes. This will be more than a five-minute podcast. And so please hear me and listen prayerfully. In the Old Testament, in the Tanakh, there is a story of a man named Elijah. He came as a meteor in the night, and he called his nation to a confrontation as to what direction they were going to go. Either they were going to serve the gods of the world that was featured in a god by the name of Baal, we call it Baal, or whether it was going to be the god of the Bible, the god of Israel. His name we do not know. No, we only know him as Yah. It's the Tetragrammaton, four letters. The vowels are not present, and his name has not been pronounced, and so we don't know how to pronounce his name. But he is the God of the Bible. He's the personal God. He is, in the Old Testament, called Yah. In the New Testament, he is called Yeshua. But we know that God, because he's revealed himself to us in the Bible, not only has he revealed himself, but he has revealed himself in words and actions, and finally and ultimately in person, in the person of Yeshua. You and I are not only called in our private and personal lives to live in accordance with the teachings of the Bible, but also we are to call those around us, our family, our neighbors, our friends, and ultimately our nation to live upon the principles upon which this nation was built. This nation, America, the United States, was built upon the pillars of Judeo-Christian values as revealed in the Bible. And democracy, any form of democracy, whether it be a parliamentary style uh, democracy or whether it be a great republic as ours is, it only works when the people have the value system of the Bible. You see, atheism produces Marxism. Secularism produces Marxism. Islam produces Sharia. And you see the results anywhere in the world when Sharia is in control, where Marxism is in control, where social Socialism is in control. The people lose their freedoms and they lose any ability to be able to worship in a free sense and a free society. It's just obvious. All we have to do is read history. Marxism is a controlling, tyrannical ideology and its religion is atheism. It produces an ungodly, controlling system of government. It's tyrannical. It produces totalitarianism. The same thing is is true. The same results are true with Islam. Sharia law is a brutal kind of code to live by. 
And it produces the same kind of things that we're seeing in America today. You see, Marxism and uh, Islam produce the same outcomes. You just think about it with me. What we're seeing today in uh, many who have been now elected to Congress and who are now in places of power in the present administration of Joe Biden, you have, we call them the left, we uh, call them extremists, but the fact is they are mainline central in the Democrat Party today in Washington around our nation. We see it in governors. We see it in House and Senate members within the states. We see it in our own Congress. And and what is that? What's the likeness between the two? Well, let's just look at the Taliban. What did they do when they took over in Afghanistan? Well, anywhere that they take over, they do away with anything that has to do with the past that they don't agree with. And so they, they blow up statues, religious statues, political statues, anytime there's an ideology or someone in history that doesn't agree with where they are presently and their ideology, they want to destroy that and erase it from history. That's the Taliban. Well, what about the Marxists? Everywhere you see progressivism today, what do you see? They're trying to tear down the statues from the past, anything that didn't go by the code in which they are living by today. Then they want to destroy that. They want to tear down the history of a nation so that they'll forget where they came from and their religious heritage. And so that's what's happening. What about with the Taliban? What do they do? When they control a a place, you can only say certain things. You can only wear certain clothes. You can only act in a certain way. And if you don't do that, you'll be put into prison. You'll be canceled out. You will no longer be able to have a business. You will no longer be able to do commerce. You will no longer be able to gather in gatherings unless it is following the party line of Islam, Sharia law, and the Taliban. Well, let's look at the Marxists here in the United States. What's happening? Well, if you don't wear what they want you to wear, if you don't go the places they want you to go, if you don't go there, where the proper things, then what will they do? If you don't say the proper things, what will they do? They will make sure that you can't have a business, that you cannot be in society, you cannot be in leadership, and they'll do everything they can to destroy you, to cancel you, and ultimately they will be putting you into prison. Because you see, the outcomes of Marxism and the outcomes of Sharia law and Islam are the same. That is control. But let's look at what happens when a godly leader comes to power and a godly nation is raised up. There's freedoms. That's what this nation was built upon. People say, well, they were, they were slaveholders. and they Are we slaveholders today? Absolutely not. Who is wanting to enslave today? It's not the godly people. Because we say, hey, you've got a choice. You can be free to speak whatever you want to. But what do those who are of Marxist belief and socialist beliefs and Democrat beliefs, they believe, oh, no, you've got to toe the party line. And if you don't say this and you don't say that, then we're going to cancel you out. We're going to shut you up. We're not going to let you have any airtime because we don't want to hear but anything but what we are espousing. Now, if you don't believe that, you go sit into the classrooms of our modern day universities, which are nothing more any longer in secular universities and some Christian universities than indoctrination for Marxism and for Islam. They have more tolerance for somebody who is an outright Islamist that is contrary to anything that this nation was founded upon or someone who is willing to tear down statues, rewrite history, than they do someone who believes that abortion is murder.
that abortion is killing the innocent, that doesn't believe just exactly like a secular Marxist would want to. Folks, we've got to wake up and understand that the ideology of Marxism and the ideology of Islam are great bedfellows. The same thing is true in Nazi Germany. Who was on the side of the Nazis? Well, it wasn't the Israelis. It wasn't the Americans. No, we were fighting against that. And you say, well, Israel wasn't even in existence. Of course. And the Nazis were trying to destroy them from the face of the earth. Well, why were they doing that? Because they were a threat to them. Because the God that they served and the Bible that they read flew in the face of their ideology. So they wanted to cancel them out. And they did that in the ovens and the death camps and through the Holocaust, the great sacrifice and burning. And that's what's happening in America today. And that's what's happening in Afghanistan. And what we're seeing is an outright forsake of godliness. And so what's happening today in Afghanistan, oh, this this is a horrible day. This very day is a horrible day. I heard with my own ears in interviews today, the Secretary of Defense of the United States saying there's no way that we can get out and protect the citizens, our own citizens in Afghanistan. Well, number one, that is a shame and a disgrace that any American with the army that we have would say that we could not go in and deal with the Stone Age people and uh, get our own citizens out. And we've emboldened them. And what's it done to our enemies? Well, I I promise you, I just wrote something on Facebook about Taiwan. I assure you that the Chinese communist and, and totalitarianism that is there in communist China, they are licking their chops right now. They are emboldened by this. It will not be long till they'll try to take over Taiwan. And what will we do? Our president will slap them on the wrist. There might be a missile exchange, but any response we have is going to be tepid. It's going to be temperate. It's not going to be bold. I have said from the beginning, Americans are willing to fight wars, but we're not willing to fight wars unless we win them. And America can win these. God would be with us to do them. And if we would go in and build a nation, if we're going to build a nation on Judeo- Christian principles, but now we're going in and helping people, and we're too cowardly to even say, no, we'll come in and help you. Don't you tell our women to wear burkas. They're not wearing burkas. If that offends you, then too bad. We're coming in uh, not to try to appease you. We're coming in to take over because you're in a mess, and you have allowed people that are threatening the security of the United States, and we're not going to allow it anymore, and we're going to take over until you are out of power, and we set up a structure that will keep America safe. And if we do that, and we could have done that, but we didn't, we played footsies with the enemy. We tried to be politically correct, where we had more JAG officers in and more attorneys in and more lawyers in fighting the war and setting the strategy and the terms of engagement rather than the generals who know what they're doing and the warriors who have kept this nation free our entire history. Now you say, well, I I just don't, uh, I, I don't know how this affects Christianity. Listen to me. 
We are to be salt and light in a decaying and dark generation. Our nation is in darkness. Our nation is rotting at the core. And if those of us who name the name of Christ are not willing to do something, to pray to the God of heaven, to live in a life of confession and godliness, then everything that's going to happen that God has been withholding from us is going to happen. You see, the only reason that we are not destroyed off the face of the earth already and what's happening in Afghanistan and the humiliation has just been the mercy of God that it hasn't happened before now. Let me just say to those of you who think that I'm just uh, downing our president, I pray for our president, but I pray for our president the way that Paul said to pray, not just pray for those who are in authority. People say, oh, God, bless them. No, I'm not asking God to bless them. I'm asking God to deal with their heart because he said to pray for these leaders and those who are in authority so that this is the way we're to pray, so that we could live a quiet and godly life, so that we could live in freedom and we could serve the Lord. That's what we need to pray. And if this president who's in control now and his people have their way, you and I won't be able to do that. And I know everybody's saying, well, uh, President Trump was this. Listen, I am all for President Trump. And I praise God for the policies that he put forward. But I want to tell you, President Trump needs to repent just like everybody else. He's proud. He's cocky. You say, oh, but it's, it takes No, it doesn't. How dare you say that in the face of what the Bible says? If a man will not humble himself, I don't care if it's the president, God will humble him. And I think he got a taste of that and understand. You say, well, it was stolen. Is that? No, let me tell you, God sets up who he wants to and God puts down who he wants to. Either that's true or the Bible's not true. And so quit trying to blame everything that's going on on somebody else. Donald Trump needs to repent of his pride and his arrogance, and God can use him in ways he had never could never even imagine. You and I couldn't imagine. I am so grateful for President Trump. I love President Trump for the policies that he implemented. But I don't love the way that he talks, the way that he talks, the vulgarity, the ugliness, the ungodliness. And it's across the board, it seems, in leaders in America. There needs to be a revival, repenting and revival taking place. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. There needs to be revival. There needs to be repentance from the president to whoever and whomever you consider to be the lowest in the nation. We need revival. This is a call to prayer, a call to confession, a call to begin to speak and to say the truth in love, to love people enough to tell them the truth. This is on both sides of the political spectrum because, you see, everyone needs to live by the same law. If we don't have the same law for the good the bad, the ugly, the pretty, the rich, the poor, the politically connected, those who are not, then there can be no justice in the land. And God speaks a lot about injustice, but the injustice that is being purported to be unjust, we're getting sidetracked on what social justice really is, because the justice of the Bible that has to do with society is not the social justice that's being promoted in our country today. What am I going to sum up for you tonight is this. 
We're in a mess in Afghanistan. We're in a mess at our border. We're in a mess in our economic system. We are in a mess in our military. We're in a mess in our world relations. And we didn't get here overnight. And we probably are not going to get out of it overnight, but we can start. And it starts with the people of God. It starts with us falling on our faces on a regular basis, on a daily basis, fasting and praying that God would work in our lives, first of all, in our families, first of all, in our churches, first of all, that men of God would stand and once again proclaim the truth and not be worried about offending people in the congregation. Now, here's what's happened in our churches. Let me just say this. In our churches, what's happened is we have tried to make everyone feel welcome but God. We have tried to not offend everybody but God. In our desire to make everyone just feel so welcome that we don't even say anything. Men now, pastors in pulpits, I listen to them all the time, they have mastered the art of almost saying something. God help us. Men of God stand up and preach the word of God. And if some deacon or some lady or some man or some organization doesn't like it, have them to reference the word of God. You preach the truth and God will bless your life. You say, well, I may lose my job. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of jobs out here. I see help wanted all the time. And what would do good for a lot of men who hadn't worked in years, really hadn't worked in years, is to get a job. And that would solve a lot of problems because you wouldn't be beholding to someone else. Someone said to me, yeah, but you're, you've got church. Listen to me. I'm tri-vocational. I'm not even bi-vocational. I'm tri-vocational. The reason is I don't want to be beholding to anyone. As long as God gives me the ability, I want to be able to stand up and preach, thus says the Lord. And if someone says, well, you can't do that anymore, then God will have another place for me. But this secure, soft peddling of the gospel and of the truth of God's word is killing this nation. I take where we are today back to the men of God standing in pulpits. We've been a shame and a disgrace by the way we've lived, the way we've talked, the way we've led. This is a clarion call to all of us to get on our faces before God. And if you're here and you're in a church where a pastor is is not what he should be in the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. I don't care if he visits everybody in the church every week. What you need to do is go to him lovingly and say, Pastor, would you need to spend more time and study? We'll do whatever we need to to help you to study, to get you to seminars, whatever. But we need the Word of God taught with power every week. That's the most important thing. And when we do that, this nation will begin to turn around one soul at a time, one church at a time, one community at a time, one city, one state, and we'll get back to where God wants us to be. My prayer is that you will not fear, you will not be discouraged, you will walk and live in the light and the wonder of God's Word. That men of God will be once again bold men of God, courageous men of God. And let me say finally, if there is one characteristic that's missing in America, it is the attribute of courage. May God help us to be godly men and women, dads and moms, filled with the love of God, filled with the Word of God, and filled with courage. For On The Way, special edition, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in each weekday for more information on how to read the Bible, grow in knowledge, 
and live in obedience to God. If you have questions, simply write to info at tonycrisp.org. That's info at tonycrisp.org. And we will respond as quickly as possible. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day as you walk on the way and enjoy the journey.